What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chase Winninger, host of the podcast. We got Lee McClellan, co-host. How's everybody doing? And today's guest, Easton Copley. How are you guys doing today? And your um, position? The Aquatic Education Program Coordinator. And do you like Copley? Copley. Copley. Because yep. when I first started here, I called you Copley. Either one. I'm There's sure a lot of people. People. Yeah, it's all the same. People call me McCulloch, McLeanin. You know, yeah, usually what, if it's a phone call, I'm like, tell the market I hang up on them. <laughs> yeah, with me, I mean, Winnegar, I got everything from Wininger to Wininger, mm -hmm. and I mean, it's just annoying. There's some, unless your name's Smith or Harden or something like that. Jones. Like yeah. yeah. Copley, Copley, whatever. All right. So, let's see. Right off the bat, I've got Poison Ivy on my arm here and a couple other spots you went to the creek did you <laughs> yeah, creek. yeah exactly i don't know when i got it it could have been last wednesday it didn't show up until saturday so i'm thinking it's probably friday when i went floating because i went wednesday to the creek with you and the mm -hmm. commissioner and a couple other people and that, that was the same spot you got the worst case of poison ivy i've ever seen oh it was well i didn't realize you were i had it all over my pants my fishing pants and i was leaning on my thighs to do dip bait for catfish, that. and I just rubbed yep. poison yeah. ivy oil into my for hours. I oh God, that. it would lit me up. Yeah, <laughs> I went into Lee's office and his. He, <laughs> I looked at him. Oh my God! Yeah. It looked, looked like I was. I put my forearms on a burger griddle. Yeah, he looked like a burn victim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oozing like the little pus was, coming out. Of his oh arm. God, it was terrible. But I, so I have poison ivy, and I will say there's one benefit to having poison ivy, and that is when you're on that hot water over it. Do you ever mm -hmm. do that? Oh my God! I, I, I just <laughs> sat there for an hour going. Oh, this is the greatest feeling thing in history in the world. Yeah. It itches it better than anything. No, I love just running that hot water right over top of Have it. Have you I, put any stuff on it? No, I just, it'll dry. It's not horrible. I mean, you, it's not like blistering up real bad. But well, that, I'm not into product placement, but there's a there's a, one called Technu that has little beads in it, and it breaks that oil off your skin. And it cured my memory. It was there a week and a half, and every, I, yeah, all the in, other didn't do anything. That got it almost gone in three days. You were in bad shape. Oh, I was in terrible shape. I just, in the shower, I just run the hottest water I can stand over, and I take soap and just dry it out and scrub it and do that, like, for 10 minutes probably. And it seems to dry it out pretty good. I don't get it as bad as some people, but. So my question is, poison, poison ivy or stinging nettle? Which one would you <sighs> rather, if you had to pick? <laughs> Over stinging nettles, period. it depends. Uh, if I'm near water, I can just put up with it because if you get in the water and rub, the stinging nettles will I release. Like that, I feel like you think it's going to feel better when you get in the water, but it still bothers me just as much. You're like, oh, I got to get into the water immediately so I can get the stinging nettle off me, and then you get in the water and it's still just as bad. That's how it feels for me. Well, the poison ivy release, seems though. to last a lot longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, poison ivy lasts a week, stinging nettle's gone in 10 minutes. Yeah. But you don't get any good feeling with no. stinging nettle. No, neither poison one of them are, <laughs> both are you know, terrible. Well, sting, with poison ivy, you at least get some positive like sensation out of it if you run that hot water over it it feels i, I mean it did it was like i can't wait i mean i'd be like tearing my clothes off getting a shower and oh, <laughs> thank you for itching this because i mean Three I, showers I, I, itched, I itched that last batch i mean i had blood under my fingernails from just scratching <laughs> oh my gosh you know back in the day my granddad would put bleach on it mm -hmm. I, I put rubbing alcohol on it which I mean, it'll it kill it. yeah it does but it'll light you up i'm mm -hmm. not into the bleach stuff but rubbing alcohol or anything that just because i mean that's dries it out pretty good too so i mean and i don't scratch it anymore like i never will touch this with my fingernails i just let the hot water do it all for me and it's it's, it's bad, hot water but in. if you get out sweating though 
That's I mean, I've been running, so I know it's going to end up getting getting worse, but we'll see. I went on a photo shoot to Tug Fork and did a big float and everything. and had long sleeves on, and then the heat and humidity built up. Mm. It was like itching. So, oh, God, it was terrible. I just don't know when I would have gotten it right there in the crease of my arm. I'm thinking I had to have floated into a tree that was hanging over the creek or something Probably. and had some in it, because I did get into a couple trees. I'll start drifting backwards while I'm fishing. I won't pay attention. Next thing I know, I'm in a tree. So... Also, when we went on Wednesday with the commissioner, we were just talking about it a second ago, but you had one of your fishing rods get snapped in half, not by you, or in, but somebody broke one of your fishing poles right in half. I was in the creek yesterday and I found a Zevco 33, if you want it. I know it's a, it's, it's a little Man, bit. Man, I have found several spin cast outfits. Yeah. Now, I heard Denny Crum flip near the hatchery one time with three Sequoia Legend Elite rods in the canoe and lost them. Really? I'd that's, probably that's, that's worth looking for. They're, yeah, they're about 400 bucks a pop, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I found that Zepco 33 on the, you know, there's a standard Zepco rod that it comes on, but it did have a nice Rebel Crawl on it. And so I was well like, worth well, it. I might, uh, I might. How long did it look like it had been in there? 10 minutes. Oh, good. I mean, I literally picked it up, unhooked the Rebel Crawl, cast it, <laughs> reeled it in. I was like, this thing's perfect. So I, I now did. Now you got you a nice loaner. I guess you'd call it a nice loaner. I'm not a bad find. Yeah. yeah, I'll give it to somebody. Yeah, I mean, just to be honest, I'm not, probably not going to use it. So. But the Rebel Crawl. The Rebel Crawl, I'll keep, yeah. It's a finder's fee. For sure. I know, honestly, I mean, those treble hooks right there, and it wasn't even in a deep part. It was in a shallow riffle. I saw it while I was just floating through. So I'm guessing somebody got a little tipsy or maybe caught on a tree. Or... Caught on a tree and pulled. That's a thing when you're kayaking is, is a lot of fishing kayaks have those uh, flush up. mount rod holders, and you stick your rod, but they're behind you. And mm -hmm. you'll go under a tree, you won't even think, because you're not seeing it, it's behind you. Yeah. You look back, where's my rod? So just two miles up the creek. Yeah, I don't, I don't use those unless I'm. Now, if I'm out on a lake and I know there's, I'm not gonna be okay. But if I'm well, I've seen people, I don't use I've those. seen people paddling with those too, and the paddle will hit the rod, mm -hmm. knock the rod, knock in. the rod out. Yep. That's a, so good advice for somebody that might win this kayak Easton's trying to give away because that one does have those rod holders, right? Yep. One so, on each side. So tell us what's going on with that. So the the kayak giveaway is pretty cool. Um, it's essentially it's just like a normal raffle, like mm -hmm. you would see at a gun show or something. Um, and instead of buying a ticket, you take somebody fishing that's 16 years or older. Um, they've either never bought a license or they've not bought one in three years. Okay. And and to register, you do it on my profile. I think it's two clicks. Okay. You sign into my profile, click once, type their, their all you need is their license number and I think their last name, and then click submit and you're done. So say I took my girlfriend's brother. Say he hasn't bought a fishing license in over three years, either hasn't ever bought one or hasn't bought one in the last three years. He he buys a fishing license, goes fishing with me. Yep. And then I just, you know, I can take a picture of his license and that number's up top. Yep. I just need to type that in, type his last name in, and yep. then I'm entered to win. This. A thousand dollar kayak. So this package. is something good for, so you said they got to be over 16 because obviously they're buying a license. Right. So anybody that's taking somebody fishing for the first time should Should definitely win. look into this, And yes. it comes with what now? You got the flyer there in front of you. Do you have two of them? Uh, those are different flyers. I'm going to pull up right here. Okay. There you go. So you get this kayak. It's, it's a native, a correct? really nice boat, yeah. A native manta ray, 12-footer, which is a pretty perfect fishing Island kayak. I one. Yeah. Yes. I want an earlier version of that for... I guess I'm going to my seventh year of owning that. Yeah, it's a really nice boat. And I have beaten that thing to death. And the Warner paddle? Yeah. So yes. $200 paddle probably? Yes. 
And then the jacket was uh, like a hundred dollar jacket too. And the two Abu Garcia spinning reels, which are very rods. nice reels, especially for like we were just talking about creek fishing. You yeah. can't beat that. This setup. is pretty much a perfect creek fishing setup. Yep. Uh, it's perfect kayak for it. Really nice paddle, nicer than any paddle I've ever had. Two Abu Garcia spinning combos, so you can lose one entry and still have one. That's right. <laughs> and then, uh, and then a, a nice PFD also. Or someone yeah. breaks it. <laughs> so, how does somebody, you just said how to sign up, if they wanted more info, is it available? And the, and the cool thing about this is, say you took your, your girlfriend's brother, um, that's one entry for you. Mm -hmm. If you turn around and take your girlfriend's sister, mm -hmm. there's another entry. Hmm. And if you take your girlfriend's mom, another there's entry. another entry. Okay. So essentially you can have 15 or 20 entries, so, as, many, as many people as you can take. So I know this guy who's a PE teacher at the high school. And he takes his classes um, fishing sometimes on the Elkhorn. Yeah. So if he was like, everybody needs to have a fishing license, That's and right. if you haven't bought one before, let me know. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he could get himself 15 or 20 inches. That's right. Well, I mean, I doubt that's going to happen, but I mean, you could stack yeah, up. Yeah. If you're taking the family fishing or you're taking a group of kids fishing yeah. or... And or going out with your buddies, you know, maybe some of them have bought licenses. Yeah, that's a good setup. Honestly, that's, I like the Hobie, but for the creek, that'd probably be a better setup. Yeah. Um, I have that same paddle in the carbon fiber, and it's... Fabulous. Yeah. It's a low angle paddle, very kind to your wrists, works on flat water and really good in in the stream. Uh, I love my water paddles. I've got yeah. two now. So somebody should basically get online, look at it, look at the website for more information about it. Think about signing up for it if you're taking somebody new fishing. Yeah, What's we've, a, we've got the, the YouTube uh, video that we posted that's on the department's Facebook. Uh -huh. um, that goes into detail about it. I'd be happy to answer questions if somebody yeah. had questions. So my question is, what's the goal of it for us? Obviously to get more people out fishing. Yeah, the goal, well, and the main thing is for me is I wanna see how many people are already doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of people are already taking new people fishing. Mm -hmm. But there's no way for us to record that. I mean, you got to imagine that you might know these stats. I mean, the breakdown of people who just decide to up and go fishing on their own versus the amount of people who have somebody introduce it. To yeah. them. I got to feel like most people are introduced. Yeah, most people are getting, somebody's taking them. Yeah. And a lot of times that's probably before the age of 16, but right. we don't track it because you got to have a license, right? right? And that's, so the, the one goal that's, that's going to be cool for me to look at at the end of this is how many people did it, but then also I want to know, is that something that they would have done anyways, or is it, I'm going to do this because I can win a kayak? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, that's, a, that's, I mean, it's interesting. Everybody yeah. should want to win a kayak too, so. Especially now, one that nice. I think that uh, I went out and floated Friday and Saturday. Lee told me he went yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. I went to Russell Creek yesterday in Adair and Green County. Really? Yes. I, I, I floated, no, I floated on Skaggs about yeah. two weeks ago, 4th of July. I was out there on Skaggs Creek, and that was fun. Russell Creek is tributary from the south to Green River, and it comes in near Greensburg. So could there be musky? Potentially in the lower reaches. Okay. We caught some nice smallmouths, but then we had thunderstorms kind of rumble in. It's like flipping a switch. I've never seen anything like it. We caught one fish in the afternoon. I've been getting, I talked to Chad Harp um, down there in Canoe, Kentucky. We had him on the podcast not long ago. I was talking to him, and he said that one of their guides went out just the other day fun fish and caught uh, over 50 smallmouths in four hours, which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And, uh, Let's see, on Saturday when I went with Kristen and Bobby, we caught probably a combined 45 on a, the section from Peaks Mill down to 127, which is like a three mile float or something, mm -hmm. roughly. Which isn't bad either. Couple, couple decent ones. We did a float on South Elkhorn last Sunday, a week ago. And um, I quit counting at 45 and I caught a bunch more after wow. that. 
Yeah, fishing's <clears throat> good in the creeks right now. Yeah, they're all fun fish too. Like, like mm -hmm. those creeks in my mouth, they fight like crazy. And they're they're feeling good. They're in excellent body condition. I think the high water this spring uh, maybe gave them a cardio. <laughs> because yeah, that, well, they they all, seem like they're pulling like crazy. They're, they're chubby right now too. I haven't yeah. seen a fish that I've said, man, that's a skinny fish. Like, no, they're that, all fat. I almost, I mean, I haven't kept on eating any creek smallmouth yet this year, but I almost want to see what's in that belly. I bet you it's just crawls. Well, um, I had several, um, you know, regurgitate crawfish. A lot of times mm -hmm. you can see the antennas sticking out of their throat. Yeah, I've seen, yeah. I, you look down I've there. seen them like it's just, you know, you could see it's it's still alive. Yeah. Now. So I was like, why did you bite? You haven't even, that's <laughs> like, up. you know, taking a bite of pizza and before you even start chewing it, shoving another piece of pizza in your mouth. <laughs> I have done it, man. I think I probably have it. Well, I have it back when I was young, for sure, at the pizza buffet. It was fun seeing everybody out. We went uh, Friday after work when we went, we saw maybe five or six people. Saturday, obviously, a little bit more crowded. But on those nice weekends, because we haven't had that many lately, people are really getting out and mm -hmm. trying to enjoy the creek. So let's see. So on Wednesday when we went out there just wade fishing though, I know that we talked about giving away a kayak a second ago, but we did walk down to the creek, public mm -hmm. access spot, and we probably only walked a hundred and something yards upstream. Mm -hmm. And we were with uh, Commissioner of Fish and Wildlife too. Mm -hmm. He really enjoyed it. And uh, the whole, that whole day, basically we spent it at the hatchery and then we walked into private access there. Mm -hmm. So when we were at the hatchery, we got a slight, like a small tour of the facility and I never had seen it before. I mean, I've been to the hatchery plenty of times, but nobody ever walked me around and told me this is what's going on here. It's crazy. It is mm -hmm. interesting. The way, and they had sturgeon in the tanks that they were raising. Aren't they cool? Yeah, the sturgeon are. And then they were feeding the catfish while we were there too. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty cool to see. When wild turkey fire happened, we had to restock paddlefish. They had a bunch of little paddlefish out there. I was like, man, those would be so cool in an aquarium. And then yeah. when they're like six <laughs> inches on, they look cool as fucking yeah. things. They'd, they'd be, they'd but be, they would grow a little bit big. Yeah, they'd be cool in your aquarium yeah. until they hit that five foot mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the state record's over 100 pounds. So. I saw a paddlefish down at the falls not too long ago, and it was the first one I've seen alive, like just swimming. And it was pretty cool. But the last couple of times I've gone down there, there have been so many Asian carp, it seemed like you could walk across them. And right now they're making like a mock spawning run or they are making a spawning run because apparently they need moving water to reproduce. So they're just running up to the to the falls basically where they can't go any further. And they're just piled in there, it's crazy. Hmm. I was running a single hook swim bait the other day for hybrids and three out of four casts ended up with Asian carp, just wow. snagging them. On a single hook. Single hook. Wow. And it's a hook that runs up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can feel it just bouncing across the bottom of, or across their backs like you're working a jig across the bottom. Wow. And I wish that you could bow fish that spot. I get why you can't. But if I could take a bow down there, I mean, you could just close your eyes and look, <laughs> look the other way and just shoot into them. And I mean, you could probably get two or three on a single arrow. You could do some mm -hmm. cool stuff down there. But it's, uh, it's a lot of fun fishing the falls. And that's. You know, it's interesting it to see those Asian carp, but... Well, you never know what you're going to catch. I'm looking forward to getting back down there. I mean, running that swim bait, I'm pretty much going for hybrid and stripe. Those are nice hybrids. You got I caught some good fatties. Ones. Mm -hmm. I did eat three of them. All three. I mean, I ate them all like three days in a row. And people were asking me, you eat fish out of the Ohio River? Like, it's something I need to worry about. I, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I'd be... Well, there are some fish consumption advisories in the fishing guide. I'm not a pregnant female, though, yeah, so it's but, not as but, bad. Yeah, but, you know, me. there's more vulnerable, vulnerable populations, but, I mean, if you no, I mean, enjoy it every once in a while, you'll be fine. Yeah, as long as you're not eating it seven days a week. Yeah. Well, if you look at, so, in, in the fishing guide, like you said, there's some fish consumption advisories, and it's basically broken down by waterway. Yeah. And it has to do with, what, mercury level? Or? Mercury, PCB, mm -hmm. 
um, that's usually the two. For that main. specific waterway. Yeah. So Biphenyls. Those uh, stripes and the, the hybrids, they have that red meat, and that's where most of the impurities are stored. So I feel like if I trim that red meat. Well, you got to get that out, man. It's terrible yeah. You don't want to taste it. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to taste very good. Well, you know, I was talking to Bobby the other day, and I told him that, and he said, that's my favorite part. <laughs> I know, that's right. It just ruins the meat. I had a close opinion. friend invite us over for a striper dinner one time, and he didn't. He's like, "You cut the red meat out right before you cook it, don't you?" And he'd already frozen it and all, and had the red meat in mm. it. I had to put about a quarter inch of tartar sauce mm. on top of it. Take three bites and just swallow it whole because it was so <laughs> strong. <laughs> well, so that's I did that. that. Red meat's got to go at the time of cleaning. I, I do want to get down there and try to catch some different types of fish because there's a whole bunch of them I never have. Uh, Bob was talking uh, to me the same day because we were talking about cleaning the fish and how I'd you know prepared them and things like that. And he said he wants to get out on Osley and just try to get a limit of catfish and put those in the freezer for some food. But I mean, there are really clean, clear bodies of water out there. Owsley Fork out yeah, there? Yeah, Owsley. That's a Berea. beautiful lake. It's mm -hmm. near Berea. It's their water supply lake, so mm -hmm. you can't float tube in it. You, I, I mean, found out the hard way about that. <laughs> you can't run any kind of engine either. Yeah. It's pretty motor much only, kayak. It's a kayak only lake. Can you troll motor? I think it's an electric motor or, yes. or paddle. I had a boat on there one year and um, it was on Derby Day. and. We had bought our tags, but I forgot to put the sticker on, and I got a warning. And uh, I had to present the sticker and all, and I got out of it. But uh, and it, it, all we used is troll motor that day. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, if you're like that lake, Osley for if you're around Richmond or Lexington or Berea, Irvine, any Lancaster, it's worth the drive over there because it's basically at the base of the Pinnacles mm -hmm. in a way. Like you can see the Pinnacles. It's gorgeous. Crystal clear water. When the last time I was out there, there were bald eagles flying around. I mean, you can see all the fish swimming under you. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I love that lake. I've been wanting to make a trip back towards Richmond. Uh, one of my favorite creek fishing holes should be getting on right now because it's a hot water spot and you don't want the water to be up and pushy. And I feel like right now would be about perfect to hit it. It's been up and pushy all the rest of the year. The so. last uh, 18 months or mm -hmm. so. I couldn't believe the size of trees we saw on Russell Creek, like way up now, way up in trees, that, yeah. you know, from the flooding. I was like, wow. The uh, Yeah, some of my farmer buddies are having to get out and irrigate uh, their tobacco and corn and stuff now and I'm like yes mm -hmm. yeah it's a little extra work for them but you know, the water's finally getting to where it needs to be yeah no I mean even the Ohio River is still up up like yeah the fossil beds and typically you can walk out there and you can even walk across in some places no still not still not doing that last time I was down there I'd say it was probably 10 feet too high to do that mm, wow yeah it's a lot of water in fall that's a great sauger spot fall through winter. You can yeah. go out there and wade. It gets in October it gets low. It almost braids down there mm -hmm. and it's almost like creek fishing that's for sauger. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's creek fishing, but there are big river fish there. Yeah, it's crazy. That's why you can catch those hybrids in a foot of water. And uh, we have YouTube videos on uh, on YouTube obviously, Kentucky Field search uh, Ohio River hybrids or you know falls of the Ohio and you'll see, I mean they're down there catching trophy fish out of almost no water, just mm -hmm. walking around out there. I'm waiting for that. I'd like to do that a lot and uh, possibly get my kayak out down there. I just, with that water coming through those gates over there across from you, mm -hmm. it's, it's intimidating. You gotta watch what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, I saw a couple guys the other day down out there. It was flooded, but there is a shallow section, like maybe 100 yards off where the water was currently at, and there's trees and stuff coming up, and they literally swam with their fishing gear. Like, I mean, all just their heads above the water to get out there and try to catfish in that other area. They swam out there, stayed for about 15 minutes, just hanging on the trees and swam back. I was like, I took a video on my phone and sent it to some people. I was like, what are these jokers doing? <laughs> <laughs>
And down there, I mean, you never know what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as people or as fish? As far as people and swimming and kayaks and boats. People get up there and tear their boats up, too, not knowing where they're at. Well, that happened. We talked about it briefly on another podcast. We talked about it before the guy had been found. Yeah. But that boat went over the falls. You, you saw that probably, right? Mm -hmm. It was the day before somebody drowned in Elkhorn. And then I saw where two people had to be rescued from a creek uh, this past weekend. You've got to respect the water. Yeah, mm -hmm. just play it safe. And I mean, especially... What, where was it this past weekend? Do you remember what creek it was? I saw something, but I don't remember. It was a... What creek was that? Two people rescued from a certain creek, and I don't think they Were had... they kayaking? Or? Yeah, two kayakers rescued. I don't think they had PFDs on because of part of the... Uh, I just did a little piece on that, and, and, and I talked to Nathan Deppenbrock, who owns a co-owner of Canoe Kentucky, and... He, he thinks that because there's no motor on a kayak and they look harmless, mm -hmm. that people feel like, oh, I don't have to take the normal precautions I would if I'm going fast on a boat. I'm not wearing my PFD. It's hot and all that. Right. And in, you may be more vulnerable in a kayak than you are in any motorboat to, for trouble. Wear your PFD. I know it's hot in the summer. There's a lot of them that are mesh designed that have little panels that are made yep. for kayaks, and they're not the, nearly the as hot. The one that we're giving away with the kayaks got some mesh on it. To try to make it more comfortable. Is that an NRS brand? Uh, or is here's, it Stokewist? Oh my gosh, my phone just died. I had the article pulled up. <laughs> it was Drake's Creek, though. Oh. So two kayakers rescued. There's excellent access on Drake's Creek. I did a Kentucky Field TV show segment on Drake's yeah, Creek. Yeah, I remember. I knew it was a, a creek that you'd be familiar with, but two kayakers rescued on Drake's Creek. You know, I was thinking before we got in here today about fishing kayaks and just kayaks in general. And I've been out with a lot of new kayakers this year. I mean, my dad and my stepmom just bought kayaks. And like they're, I went with a crew of 13 people down Skaggs Creek and a lot of them were first timers. And if I was gonna, if somebody wanted a kayak to fish out of especially, that elevated mesh seat mm -hmm. is probably my number one thing. Because the comfort level is just so much. And you can put it down low for when you're in flowing water, you can put it up high. Yeah when you're on flat water. Right. I've got the same. And I had the old one, and that is, there's no comparison. If you, if better that is. If you're almost sitting flat, like your butt and your ankles are the same level, it, it gets uncomfortable a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And if you can just have your knees bent a little bit and sit like you're sitting in a chair, it, it's you, a lot more comfortable. You can last 10 times longer without having to adjust. Those little you know. foam ones that you see, little black foam kayak seats, you know, mm -hmm. they're not completely useless, but they're pretty close. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, they're fine for about a half hour. Yeah. And then, but hour number three, your back is going to be like screaming at you. So this is courtesy of WBKO. Multiple fire departments were dispatched to uh, uh, Romanza? Romanza Park. Yeah. Romanza Johnson Romanza Park Johnson on Park. Sunday afternoon. Yeah. The creek was clearly swollen by recent rains in the area at the time of the rescue, and the red flag system indicating dangerous conditions for kayakers and canoers was in place. A man and a child were found clinging to a tree as a female adult was downstream in a kayak. So, I, man, taking a kid on a kayak, too, in flooded waters is probably... A lot of that's just, just rank inexperience, you know? You just don't know. I mean... Uh, everybody Tell your experience. If that water's not a normal pool, you need to turn around and go home. If it's high and muddy, go home if so this, you don't know what you're doing yet. This is in Warren County. Yeah, I've been there. It says their parks times. do have a flag system for their waterways. That's a nice access. There's bathrooms and stuff. It's a nice little park there. Took 10 people to rescue them. Wow. Uh, the woman and the child were wearing life jackets. The man was not... Huh. Well, that's, yeah, well, just be careful. And obviously, you know, Elkhorn was flowing 200 CFS, which if, if you're familiar with Elkhorn, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's literally almost nothing, especially compared to what we've had lately. I found a fishing pole on the bottom of the creek. That's because somebody got, got in a little bit of trouble at yeah. some point or another. So 
you know, I, I know that we're trying to stress safety as a department right now, especially because of all the drownings that have happened this year. So, yes, something to think about. And, and it's not that hard to practice. Go to a slack water place and learn your strokes, wear your PFD, and get comfortable with your boat before you get on moving water. Moving water is much more that's difficult. Yeah, that's than what we're a, trying to tell people. A in, small lake. In our classes is get used to it when we're out here because you're not you're in you're in a pond. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about the current's pulling you and you're hung up in this tree mm -hmm. and oh, I dropped my paddle. Mm -hmm. Get used to everything you can while you're on still water because once you hit that moving water, it's that's a whole lot of factor. And no matter what you're doing, the water doesn't stop. Yeah, you know, we talk about it like it's it's really dangerous and the truth is you should just be careful. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. not like it's overly dangerous if you're no. done, but it's also a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> so I, was, I wanted to come back to uh, the other day when we went down with the commissioner. I know he's done a lot of fishing, uh, probably lakes and farm ponds and probably fish creek. I don't know how much he'd actually been out and wade fished, you know, chest deep in water yeah. in the creeks. And he was loving it. Yeah. Well, yeah. You could well, tell it's refreshing this time. It feels great yeah. waiting. It's, I almost prefer waiting in summer than floating. I do, mm -hmm. I do. I mean, it's 95 degrees outside. Why not get in 80 And I really think, water? I look back at my years of, I've been doing this a long time. My biggest stream smallmouths have all come waiting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because you will fish an area much more than you will when you're like, oh, there's another hole right around the corner. Yeah. You're stuck. You've got to earn that. So well, you, what, you will work a good spot. I find a lot of times in the kayak when I'm floating down the creek, if I'm fishing, I get one or two casts at a spot and then I'm on to the next one yeah. because I'll, I'll fish it in passing. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll fish behind me. Mm -hmm. Now lately, one thing I've been doing is uh, casting like a little crawfish imitator. It's actually a Kitech jig and it looks like a crawfish. And I've just been throwing that behind me upstream and kind of instead of reeling at all, I'm just kind of jigging it and letting the speed of the boat almost act like it's reeling for me. Mm -hmm. Cast it right. I say if I go through a riffle and there's slack water on the edge of that riffle, maybe some grass and stuff, I'll cast up shallow as close to where that riffle hits the slack water as I can and just work that seam. Yep. And that, mm -hmm. and I've, I've well, that's a money seam. I mean, oh, that's yeah. where Those at. fish just hold up there and wait for stuff to come by them. So if you do that with the bait, I mean, you're pretty much in the right spot. And I have seen more fish lately out in the creek then right up on the bank. Yeah. Because the water's so clear on Elkhorn, I can stand up in my kayak and just kind of float and I can see pretty much every fish on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing a lot of them out in the middle of the hole instead of up on the bank, right. but not in, in deep water. It seems like they're all right below the riffles. Mm -hmm. So if I was going to say concentrate. Well, that's where the good O2 is too. That's what's low. That's with the O2. Well, it's O2 and usually Clear. right around those riffles. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's more rocks. So that means there's more crawfish. So, I mean, I'm. I just feel like if you were going out wade fishing or kayak fishing, trying to catch fish right now, fish below the riffles. And that's your best bet. I wouldn't look at big deep holes that much. And I don't know, you can probably catch a few drum and things like that, but that's that's my advice. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but that's what I've seen work here lately. My car so. caught a big old drum. Did you see that picture mm -hmm. uh, in Elkhorn the other day? Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it. I was like, man, that's a funny looking small mouth. Then he got up. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shot two the other day, but I, and I put very little effort into bow fishing. Did you eat them? No. Should I? Well, my understanding is if you eat them fresh, they're pretty good. Some people used to make I've poor man shrimp out of them. I've eaten Where you one take before. a melon baller and, uh, and, carve out pieces of the flesh and drop them in old, uh, water in Old Bay and then eat them like shrimp. Really? They call them, some people do have a striper too, they call it poor man shrimp. See, I didn't, I kept one a long time ago. I mean, I'm talking 15 years ago, I was in high school and I don't think that I was driving because I, I'm pretty sure I remember getting a ride from my buddy's dad to and from the creek that day. And uh, when we filleted up that night, it just smelled horrible. 
So I'm assuming maybe it just wasn't fresh enough. Maybe mm -hmm. I've been dragging it around on a stringer in the creek for two hours, and then I had a two-hour ride. In the bed <laughs> My understanding truck. is, and I, I think I've had it once, and you know, it was battered and fried, and you couldn't really tell. You got to get on it quick. Yeah. Uh, every drum I've caught, it, I've released. I just, yeah. Mm. Well, I, I know that. I keep referencing Bobby. He does some different stuff than most people. He his the other day he was talking about how he wanted to live drift a crawfish behind his canoe to try to catch a drum to eat. So he was specifically going to target a drum for dinner that day. Well, I would I would tell him it's a great idea, go for it. But I mean, you're going to get snagged up on that crawl dead for mm, sure. No doubt. You have to deal with that unless you float it did under he a bobber. Did he catch one or did he? He didn't even try it. Well, he he had his fly rod out most of the day, so and he still landed 15 or so fish. So he did all right. And uh, I don't know, it's fun. If I could get back out there today, I would. But at some point, I have to take care of responsibilities. <laughs> Isn't so, that a drag? You can't fish every bum, day. Bum, bum, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent uh, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday outside in one way, shape, or form. So I guess Monday after work, I'm going to have to go mow the yard or something. <laughs> you know I mean? Some real. Yeah, I'm going to have to do something that makes me not feel like I'm neglecting all my responsibilities. So the. Uh, Sunday, I told you about kayaking, of course, but Sunday, so yesterday, we went hiking at Cave Run, specifically looking for snakes. The goal was to find a rattlesnake. We didn't. All we found was a couple of eastern milk snakes and worm snakes. It's a little bit uneventful, but it was nice to get out there and hike all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that area is just so, so nice around the lake. There's a lot of land out there. Yeah, yeah there is. We There's in, a lot of public land there. We were in Zilpo, which is the primitive weapons area. And that Zilpo Flats are the... Musky, it's one of the premier musky spots in, yeah. in the upper south. Oh, I heard some boats out there that day. I think they were probably musky fishermen. We didn't go to the lake. I do plan on going kayak camping here pretty soon down there, which is something I've done before and it's a blast. I mean, you can set up literally right there on some beaches on the lake. And that's out in a part of the state where there's not a lot of light pollution. So at night, you know, you can see the mm -hmm. stars. It's mm -hmm. real nice. If you want to walk in and go fishing or swimming or whatever, you can. The only, the only hard part about that is making it across the lake. Yeah. If you're going on a weekend, it's a wide lake, it's a wide lake and a it, it's a busy lake. Yeah. And it's a little bit intimidating when you go to cross that main part of the lake for the first time and you're looking at these boats flying around. You know, you're kind of like, I would wear your life jacket. Yeah. <laughs> wear your life jacket. Yeah. And one thing that's recommended is if, if you're going to mainly paddle flat water, get a brightly colored paddle because you're putting up a flag like orange or yellow, bright yellow, because yeah. people can see you from, I mean, you disappear in those waves pretty Well, that's clearly. what I was going to say. I mean, I have a Do you bright, put a flag? Do you use a flag? I probably should. I have a bright yellow boat that I sit up high on. Yeah. But the truth is, if you think about how uh, the glare of the water works, mm -hmm. you know, when you're looking across a lake, you can lose something, even if it's four, quick, yeah. 14 feet long and yellow, it'll disappear in that glare off the yeah. water pretty quick. So I would say. if the sun's rising or falling right behind you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, I always hug the banks as tight as I can until I have to make that cross. And I mean, it's it's like a three mile paddle to get where I like to go, which isn't an easy task. No. One of the hardest paddles I ever did was at Cave Run. I went out there musky fishing one day. I, just on a whim, I just got up at four o'clock in the morning one day and drove out there, put the kayak on and uh, paddling against 30 or 40 mile an hour winds <laughs> on the miserable. open lake. I mean, literally I was looking at the bank and if I stopped pedaling for one second, I was going, going backwards. Going backwards, I've yeah. been there. Oof. I've been there in good current going downstream and the wind blowing upstream, and as soon as I stop paddling, yep. it's blowing me against the current back upstream. Yeah, the wind is, I mean, it's just Wicked. as powerful on a kayak as the current is, mm -hmm. honestly. Uh, out there on the Kentucky River before, I've been 
kayaking and i mean if the wind's at your back and you're going upstream it's almost just as easy as going downstream with the wind at your front so i don't know get out there and do more kayaking i enjoy this uh, when you go camping you go cook over the campfire make a nice breakfast I did that last <laughs> I've, seen some I've seen his pictures yeah I did <laughs> that's some eggs and stuff like a, yeah. That, yeah when you're camping if a meal just tastes 10 times better than oh, it doesn't matter what it is yeah because you're starving i'm a culinary camper um that, i mean i think i might be going in there to stay one night and i will look ridiculous hiking in because i have this backpack that's just absolutely giant on me but that's partially because i carry stuff for two people but i'm also going to have you know a loaf of bread and eggs and i'm going to have oatmeal and my whole camp stuff set up everything i need to cook at least dinner a snack and breakfast and usually i mean last time i was at the creek i went and got a few crawfish and cooked up like a dozen of them or something like that you just don't get much meat off of a crawfish but it's kind of fun to catch something and cook it while you're out there mm -hmm. and there's not any fish down there that i'm going to catch and keep and eat so i guess if i was fishing or camping right on the red river this was when i was camping in the gorge if i was fishing right on the red river i could probably catch some smallmouth or something mm -hmm. cook them up but it's fun to cook while you're out in the woods yeah it is it just tastes better even though it's probably yeah, not it, better it tastes tremendous but dishes aren't nearly as fun the They're never fun. <laughs> I only have one dish. It's not that bad. I just use the same uh, stove or the same pan for everything. Cook up some ramen and eggs and oatmeal, crawfish, all together. One thing. Oh well. Let's see. <laughs> what else did I have here? I want to ask you, Easton, because it's uh, it's July. It's that time of year. So you know what time of year I'm talking about? It's a busy time for me. So sure, man. I was talking specifically about deer hunting. It's coming. Or have you got any cameras out yet? I've got a few. Really? I haven't checked them yet, but I've got a few. Okay. Um, all my buddy, oh, I got one buddy who's running 15 cameras right now. I'm like, man, I'm behind the ball. But I've kind of fallen into a routine because I've hunted the same farm, the same spots mm -hmm. for year and year. I don't feel as pressured to get out there and scout super hard. And search. Because I, I can almost tell you where I'm going to be. Yeah. If I'd acquired a new farm or something like that, then, yeah, I'd feel more pressured. But I feel like I've almost fallen into, what's it called, the word, word content. That's another word for complacency. Yeah, so complacency when it comes to scouting for deer, and I, it shouldn't be the case. I right. need to get out there and scout. What gets me is just wondering, did that deer make it? Yeah. Or what's that deer look like this year? Yeah. And I, like I said, I haven't I haven't checked any of my stuff yet. But I'm kind of feeling lazy because I've been waiting for, I've been the excuse has been I'm waiting for the right day, the right weather. I don't want to go out there and do it while it's 95 degrees and right. sweat all over the place. And then if it's not 95 degrees right now, it's pouring rain. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, you know, I really don't want to go out there and do it in the pouring rain. No. And at some point, I'm just going to have to pick a bullet and bite it. And go for it. Yeah. And, but the pro I also loaned my trail camera that I want to move to a buddy last year, and it's a solid walk through standing corn to get to mm. it and pull it and go hang it up in a new spot. It would be three or four hours of just sweating. And corn. Yeah. Now watch those corn leaves. Oh, they'll cut you. And if, but if you don't do it soon, if you're going to wait another, it might, it might be soon. It might be right now. It might be that two weeks from now or a month out, that pollen's going to start getting heavy in that corn also when mm -hmm. you start rubbing up against those Corn stars. looks fabulous this year if you've seen it. Oh, I saw something yesterday just yeah. super robust. We've had a great combination of rain and, and sun this year. Yeah, for the people that got it in the ground, it looks good. I, I've, I've got to imagine that if you're a farmer, you're probably happy with what we've had so far this year. Mm -hmm. I, like I said earlier, they have been irrigating uh, this past week or two, or this past week, really just the past few days. But 
I'd say on your average year they have to. Last year, I don't know if they broke out the irrigation equipment at all. No, didn't have to because it rained every other day. Yeah, yeah, it was just hard this year, I think, for people just to get it in the ground. To get it in the ground, yeah. The common, everything that we've had go on this past year and a half could help out the deer, too. You know, you know, you'd have to imagine that if everything else out there is growing well, that, I mean, we didn't have an abnormally hard winter. Mm -hmm. Two years ago we did. I remember it got so cold that we could ice fish. and. I'm looking for, I need to get out there and do a little bit more, more scouting, figure this out. I'm starting to get real antsy about deer season. Yeah, like I said, I, for me, it's just knowing how much growth there was and, you know, I, I haven't checked them yet, but I, I like to get them out around Father's Day a little after and leave them sitting about August. I'll start I've really got, looking into it. I've got two deer that I think survived that should be good solid shooters this year. It's really just a matter of finding out if they're still alive. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, that's the question that kills me. Other than those two, I don't think there was anything. I mean, those two would be the two that if everything survived on the farm, every single deer survived, those would be the two I'd want it. So mm -hmm. it's really just a matter of finding those two deer. I think I know one of them. My deer? Yeah. Just just from what you showed me last year and what we talked about, I well, think I know one that you're hoping for. One of them got killed. There was two last year I had my eyes on. But, I mean, there was some, did, did I show you a picture of a, like 12 deer on a hillside at one point? One, it was like in it was in late January, or early February. And they all they still had their antlers. The bucks did. So I know that one pretty much survived. He made right. it into February. Um, I've had a few buddies that have driven down the road and told me they've seen a nice one or two. So I've got I've got ideas. I I'm saw two fawns yesterday, and I was fishing a spot, and I kept hearing like a mm, 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 mm. just like it's a weird sounding tree, and then it moved, and I was like that, and I turned around, and. As soon as I turned around, I flushed. I think Mama was back there barking at me, and I flushed a fawn. It kind of scared the hell out of me That's because weird. it was really close to me. I've never heard a tree vocalize. Before. Well, no, I think, it was, I think it was Mama back there <laughs> letting me know. She's like, "Go on, you need to go," because I was sitting there fishing. I wasn't leaving, so I think you know, Jim, Ca Jim Carrey was in that tree trying to bust out because his fan <laughs> went out or something like that. It's kind so, of what it I believe like. she was close, and she she went on, and then we saw another. We were on a country road, and. A fawn bolted, and then Mama really bolted, and they both panic bolted across uh, a big field. And I saw a mink yesterday too. You know, there are. It was really close to me. Jumped in the, the jumped in and swam away. I'm amazed at how many people don't realize we have minks here. Yeah. You know, people will post a picture. I've seen of them one. swim across me on South Elkhorn, mm -hmm. me, from me to Eastern right now. I've yeah. seen them quite a few. I had one try to steal my stringer last summer, uh, Guest Creek. Um, yeah, people will post a picture of a mink online, and they'll tell them, you know, it's. It, it, people will tell them that it's not a mink because there aren't minks here. I'm, yeah. I just, Duh. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. There's tons. I don't correct people because I don't want to get into an argument. Right. <laughs> so people I, like that, you're not going to win it. Just, the, you know. the one that I see a lot that kind of makes me sad is people that have never seen a bald eagle in person. Really? I saw one at Elkhorn this weekend. Yeah. I see them regularly on, on the yeah. lakes. I mean, I, I enjoy when I see them, but it's not, oh my gosh, there's an eagle. It's, yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't start seeing them consistently until about three years ago. That's when really? I feel like I really started to see bald eagles quite a bit. Was that your first first shoot when we did Floyd's Fork? That was one of my earlier shoots. And uh, at the takeout, that's when Chad locked his, who locked his keys in the car? I can't remember. <laughs> was that Chad? It had to be, it wasn't me. Yeah, I think Chad locked his keys in the car. And uh, remember he had to have that guy from Triple A or Lock Doc come out and all that, and it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> 
Things happen. But we looked over here, looked up, and there's a big bald eagle flying over Floyd's yeah. Fork. I mean, we were basically in Fern Creek, yeah. Yeah. bald eagle. They're getting so. to be everywhere. I see them on Elkhorn quite a bit. Western Kentucky, there they are. No, I mean, everywhere down there. I've done the eagle watch on Kentucky Lake. Yeah. If, you, if you want to get close to eagles and see a belly full, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. One of my, a good podcast we did was one with, I think it was with Brunges, when we talked about the comeback of the eagles and the lead shot band mm -hmm. and how all that worked out. but. Apparently, whatever's been going on has worked. I'm, I know that we have avian biologists here, Kate and Lauren and that whole crew, that have done a lot of work with, with raptors, and I'm sure they've had a lot to do with the comeback as well. But it does seem like there's been a lot of... And uh, there was a DDT also was weakening the shells of raptors, yeah. and banning DDT, they just took off. So basically, DDT, the lead shot, and then I'm sure that we probably... I don't know if we... I, I wasn't here in the 80s and the 90s, so I'm not sure what was going on, but I know that we have a, a focus on raptors. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Kate Slanker, Jameson went out in the helicopter with her earlier this year, and they were documenting eagle nest and actively researching. There's the golden eagles now, Barnheim. Yeah, I'd like to see a golden eagle. I saw one when I was, I grew up five miles as the crow flies from Knob State Forest in Barnheim, and uh, I saw one, and uh, it was huge, and my dad was like, well, it's probably immature bald eagle, and then when I looked at the moristics, it, it was a golden eagle. But, mm. but they had been there for quite a while. Mm. I talked to Kate about it. I was like, was that plausible? She goes, oh, yeah, they've been there in that time frame. Well, so, Bernheim's the one place I know that we do get some golden eagles. Yeah. Do they migrate in? Do they fly in from yeah. somewhere else? Yeah, and remember, they, they, they tracked that one, went up to Michigan, and then it came back, and uh, uh, spent summer in Michigan and winter here in Kentucky. If you were gonna, if you had to be an animal, what kind of animal would you want to be? I, a golden eagle would be pretty cool. Yeah, right? I'd like to be the kind of eagle that could just up and fly to Michigan if he wanted to. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, a, a dog would be kind of cool. A dog, depending on who's, but it depends on who's yeah. the animal. Yeah. 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 I'm not talking about a domestic animal. <laughs> I'd like to be that uh, that fat, overfed beagle that lives to be 15. That's right. <laughs> no, it's like your dog has pretty good life. Yeah, he does. He's not fat or overfed, but. Uh, yeah, he enjoys himself. But I was thinking wild eagle, wild animals. Wild That's a question animal. that you used to get asked in elementary school and stuff, yeah. right? What kind of eagle would you be? And there was always that one joker that said a wild turkey, and I was like, why would you want to be a turkey? <laughs> yeah, used to be a sand dove as a turkey. Because yeah. <laughs> they are kind of silly. When yeah, they, they are. They can't be the most intelligent. If you want to have great eyesight, well, that's your only goal. Yeah. <laughs> as an animal, average life, life expectancy of three, I'm not sure that that does it for me. <laughs> yeah, it's not ideal. It's the same with deer. Their life expectancy is about three. And you could be a, a snapping turtle and live to be 127 or something like It'd that. It'd be a slow life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm telling you, man, an eagle might be the way to go. Man, I'd like it. A little off topic, I know. Yeah. But Did you see that video of uh, the guy down in Gatlinburg who got too close to that black bear mm -mm. and those cubs? I heard about it, but I haven't seen it. There, so there was this uh, a black bear. wasn't a huge one. I'm saying probably 150 pounds. And she had three little cubs with her. And this joker runs up there, like, clapping at the bear. I mean, he gets from me to Easton from this bear. Yeah. And it, it takes up and it halfway charges him, takes a couple of real aggressive steps towards him, and he starts running away. And that bear just stands there, looks at him, and walks across the road with her cubs. I was like, that dude's so lucky he didn't just oh get. Oh my God. She got destroyed. Yeah. He probably didn't take it serious because it was only a 150 pounder. You know, he's much bigger than it, but that wild animal. Some people just don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. they're never in the wild, they think everything's a pet. My wife worked at Yellowstone. And um, she said to her, especially those from from 
you know, Europe and, and Asia, where there's uh, some parts of Asia where there's not that much wildlife. And mm -hmm. they come to Yellowstone, they're like wanting to entice buffalo over to them, trying to feed them and stuff, and they getting on them constantly. He's like, that thing will gore you. That yeah. buffalo will kick your butt. Stay away. Hey, as but far they, as North American, you know. as far as North American animals go, like I'm not, I, I don't think that anything tops a coastal you know, brown bear or a grizzly bear right. or something like that. But a buffalo is pretty dang up there. Oh, yeah. They're fast and they are Yeah, you wouldn't mean. think they would be, though. But they're, they're fast and they weigh 2,000 pounds. Mm -hmm. Right. They're heavy. They're twice as big as an elk, over twice as big as an elk. Mm -hmm. And they have skulls that I just, when you look at one of their heads, it's like, I don't know if anything could penetrate. Penetrate that. Yeah. It's large. Yeah, it's ridiculous looking. I mean, their their head is bigger than any of our bodies, you know what I mean? Yeah. The head's got to weigh 150 pounds. Like, in comparison, and you'd compare it more to like the, the, like the hood of a car. Yeah. So they have big round. We don't have those animals here in Kentucky. Actually, we do have some bison. Are there still bison at LBL? Yes, I think so. Some wild roaming mm -hmm. bison? that bison prairie. Okay, so there's some bison in Kentucky. We got black bears. And there's there were some domesticated bison over in Shelby County for a while. There were, okay. Buffalo Crossing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's probably still domesticated bison out there. Out I've had about. bison burger. It's well, good. Frobert has bison. You know Steve Frobert? Mm -hmm. He's an old commission member. Mm -hmm. uh, he's retired now, but he had uh, um, bison down there in Drennan. He had a bison farm. Now, didn't he? I think he bought one of those bison from mm -hmm. up here, possibly. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, way off topic. I just had to, some reason I've been thinking lately about just random things. Would you rather have poison ivy or stinging nettle and what kind of animal would you be? <laughs> well, it tends to happen after you get poison ivy. Yeah. What's yeah. worse than this? <laughs> well, honestly, it's not that bad. I remember when I was at conservation camp, this is probably, well, one of the camp guys who was doing the nature, um, was it survival or mm -hmm. what's that workshop called? That section, one of the activities at conservation camp is nature. 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 Yeah. It's just nature. And I remember this, I was probably in the fifth grade, and I remember he said something about poison ivy, and then he kind of sadly joked about it. He's like, but I kind of like getting poison ivy because I like the scratching sensation. And I still to this day kind of think that I agree with him. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I tell you what, if I could trade, next time I get it, I'll say, Please go to Chase no. and to make him happy. As long as I don't get it like you get it, where I'm literally losing body fluid. Oh my God, it was <laughs> terrible. You I'm surprised I wasn't scarred. I'm surprised it did not scar. Yeah, I can't you, believe it. You almost needed an IV to make up for the fluid oh, that was seeping out. God, it was horrid. <laughs> it makes me stuff. hurt thinking about it. And then there's a follow-up lotion that takes the itch away. I mean, in three days, it was almost gone. And I'm just, mine hadn't gotten that bad yet, but we'll see what happens. I'm going to go sweat here in a little bit and trying to be in better shape here these days so i've been running and whatnot i don't know if it's because i turned 30 or what but start gaining a little weight oh, and start, uh, start feeling it yeah that's that's <laughs> just the beginning of a road i've been on for a while well, yeah just starting to feel older man but, but used to very robust hair and well, don't see a, see a single gray no oh, i've got plenty of grays no thinning back here that's that's good <laughs> well yeah, I guess I'm lucky there, yeah. as far as hair goes. But you guys have anything else you want to talk about? It's a great time to get out creek fishing from now till October. Fantastic. Get out and, and enjoy it. Take somebody with you that has not bought a license yes. or not bought oh, one in three years. What about years. your hook to cook? Oh, yeah, yeah hook to cook. We, we, do have, uh, we do have two hook and hook cooks. And cooks my um, so July 20th, which just around the corner. I'm not even sure if this is going to make it out by the 20th. Um, in Louisville, uh, all the information is on our website. And also, if you're in Boone County, 
uh, northern Kentucky. Up that way, we've got one August 23rd and 24th. It's a Friday night and Saturday morning. Um, good opportunity to, to learn the basics and um, also there's good food involved. I like this mm -hmm. pitch here. It says on the flyer, if you want the ultimate and free range antibiotic additive free meat, then sometimes you just have to do it yourself. This workshop will teach you fishing basics to help you live more sustainably. Eat wild, eat natural. Mm -hmm. And this one's at uh, Floyd's Fork. Yep. Oh, is that the park ones? I guess so, under, are they going to be 20th. fishing the Fins Lakes? Are they going to be fishing? We're going to fish in the Fins Lakes. We'll talk about um, creek fishing a little bit, but with a with a group, you know, we've got 14 signed up, I think, for that one as of right now, and 14 people that have little to no fishing experience on the creek at once is yeah. rough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. We're going to we're going to go to start with Fins Lakes, and we'll talk about some creek fishing stuff. So this is uh, setting up topics covered: setting up a rod and reel, knot tying, bait choice, casting and retrieving. Excuse me, filleting fish, and then preserving and cooking fish. Yep. So pretty much everything. And, you need and we are going to eat some fish there. So good deal. I fish those Fins Lakes, those exact ones. Mm -hmm. I have to. Yeah. I've um, helped stock them. There's some good catfish in those Fins Lakes. Mm -hmm. And they're stocking this week. Are they? Are they? It's stocking week. Are they? Are, they don't. They aren't stocking. Get them out. Are they? Yeah, I know. I saw those catfish get fed the other day when we were at the hatchery, man. There's this week is ones. they're going out this week. Are those their bluefish? Uh, the fish that we saw get fed. Mm -hmm. uh, those were the, not broodstock. They're the one. They're the ones that are going to be harvested this week for for fins mm -hmm. yeah. The ones that he's going to catch this week. Yeah, the two ponds that they fed that day had a combined forty-five or fifty-five thousand fish in them. One of them had 15, the other one had 40. So 55,000 catfish. Yep. And I saw catfish up to 10 pounds swimming around those in the in the feeding ponds. Yeah, we've had several, when we do our appreciation day out there, um, you know, you go out there and you catch 20 that are two pounds. Yeah. And you kind of get the motion. And then all of a sudden you catch, you a big one hits it. And we've had several people that, that break, you know, break the line. Yeah, there's, I mean, th so this is a Fins Lake right out here, right out this window, up here at the game yeah. farm, we're up at Zalito Center. There's a Fins Lake, and there was a 40-pound catfish caught out of it last year. Yeah. And also learned when we were at the hatchery the other day that those catfish are a blue channel hybrid. Yeah. They take a female channel catfish and cross it with a male blue catfish. Yeah. So that's going to be a faster-growing fish than mm -hmm. your typical. Right. That's what they're going to be putting in Fins Lakes? Mm -hmm. I think I've written about that before. That's what all 55,000 of those were. And you could look at them when you when you saw them. They look like a blue. Yeah. They look more like a blue than a channel. Blue taste good. So they're going to. think? The the fish that they put in those. Yeah. Well, I mean that's that's where we get the fish to to eat for. Flatheads are delicious too. I think. They're doing it at a rate of 200 fish per acre on the average. So I'm not sure how big those uh, lakes are. And we went up to a Fins Lake last year in Alexandria, Kentucky. I think it was at Alexandria yep. Park. Community Park. Community Park. And as those fish were coming off the truck, so they were shooting out the tube into the lake, right? As that was happening, there were people just hooking up left and right, <laughs> catfish all around there. I mean, yeah. they were fishing within 20 feet of where those fish were flying yeah. out of the truck at <laughs> and catching them simultaneously. Yeah, I've seen people stand where the pipe goes into the water, stand with their legs spread over the pipe, the pipes in between their legs with their bait in the water. Yeah. Like, as the fish comes out, it hits your bait. Yeah. I mean, give it a chance. You yeah, know? Okay. yeah at, at least stand ten feet away. I tell you this, yes. If you're, if you get on and see the stocking schedule, if you have never been to a lake, as it's some parts of the state are better. But if you've never been to a lake on stock day, 
get out and just drive past it. Yeah, just go watch. Just go watch. Yeah. I mean, you will see some interesting people in Stockton. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and people look for that. There, There's a certain group of people that are like, they keep up with the website. Mm -hmm. They know when it's going to be stocked, and they make plans oh, yeah. in advance. And sometimes, you know, it's weather dependent. It, it says we plan to stock on this day. Yeah. Sometimes it might get moved a day or two. But as soon as it is stocked, it is updated on the website, and yeah. it says was stocked on. Right. So, and that's just FW dot ky.gov and then type fins in the top right yep, search box up. and it'll come up with a stocking yep. schedule but and an interactive map to all the lakes also this week is stock week this week is stock week need to advertise that there's some fish going out right now as well, we're sitting here I'm, talking same that they stock this one here uh wednesday i think okay because there's been a lot more activity and people around so but i'm telling you no pay attention towards wednesday thursday this week there will be people out there everywhere Catch them catfish. I might look at the stocking schedule when we get done here and figure out how I can go get some free fish at Floyd's Fork. I don't want to take them ahead of your your uh, hook and cook, but just stand there when they unload the truck. <laughs> Whenever I've tried that, do you think that they would let me just do it with the dip net? They said they, they, they said that they've been asked if people can take them off the truck. No, you got to at least catch <laughs> no. them. They need to swim at least five feet more <laughs> before harvest. Do you yeah. need a fishing license if you just take them directly out of the truck? <laughs> it's like Kirk. Yeah. It's like buying lobster at Kirk. That's funny. Uh. I am going to go down there. I might tell Bobby, too. I told you he was looking for some fresh, good catfish out of clean water. They are fantastic. And those mm -hmm. fins lakes, I mean, they're clean lakes. Plus, those fish are raised at the hatchery, mm -hmm. which is clean water. I mean, if you're looking for nice, good, clean meat, then those fins That's lake catfish. Are, yeah. And if you don't know how to catch them, come to our hook and cook. We'll teach you. All you right. got to do is use a piece of uh, pelletized protein. That's right. Isn't that what it is? Dog mm -hmm. food looking stuff. Yeah, it no. is. No, I mean, we use chicken livers in the fins lakes when we go. They mm -hmm. eat chicken livers. They'll eat night crawlers. They'll, they'll eat, eat red worms. Yeah, shrimp. the shrimp and the shredded chicken and the strawberry Kool-Aid. Who they not done that one? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You, just catfish. And those like hot dogs that look like red hot sausages. Yeah. That are worms. Have you, yeah, but they're they're night crawlers. Mm -hmm. Have you seen those? No. I've seen the yeah. sausages. But they look like a Vienna sausage, but they're made out of worms. You put those on the hook and I've caught catfish with they those. They look like a Vienna sausage, but they're made out of worms. Yes. Where That's can I get these to yes. play a prank? on somebody. <laughs> that would be gross. <laughs> yeah, when he goes camping, we'll yeah, see a video. When can I play a, a funny prank on somebody using... Oh, you're not going to do Kristen, are you? <laughs> no, I've already gotten her before with a deer heart. Mm. Remember? Oh, I saw that. Yeah, you saw that video? Mm -hmm. well, that's another camping cooking thing, and I knew I wanted to cook that deer heart, so I just diced it beforehand, and I had it sitting in a bag of olive oil and some seasoning, and I took it down there and just put it out there and fried it. I gave her a bite of it, and she... Started chewing it and she ate it and she was like, "Oh, this is good." And I said, "Here, have another one." And she's chewing that second bite. I said, "So, dear heart's good." And she just stopped chewing it and she looked at me, "Are you serious?" <laughs> Mouthful of food. <laughs> no, she, she finished it. She said it was good, but I think it's yeah. I've never had it. But it's very good. I th that's what I was going to say. Is it's it's on your head. Oh yeah. If you don't think I'm eating dear heart right now, it's good. But hot dogs soaked in strawberry Kool-Aid syrup work well too. Yeah, yeah, for the catfish. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to eat a deer heart this fall, I promise you. As long as I'm blessed uh, enough to make it to this fall, I'm going to eat one. I've heard a lot of people say it's their favorite part. It's the best chunk of meat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a muscle, just like the rest of it, mm -hmm. but it's a lightly used muscle. Yeah. So if you think about a deer's back straps, even, yeah. the amount of load and weight, and, right. and, you know, I mean, they're under a lot of pressure sometimes, but the heart, even when it's beating hard, it's still just barely, mm -hmm. you know, contracting. So it's like a super tender muscle. It's like mm -hmm. 
to think a veal is really good because it never has been used hard, mm -hmm. the meat on them, that's the same thing, the heart. It's just like, right. the, it's good. And if you're gonna do it, which you should, just cut it in half. And it's really cool because you'll see the chambers. And a lot of times what I do, maybe just because I'm a little strange sometimes, <laughs> I, I will take it and I will run it under running water, shooting water straight into the aorta, and I'll just pump the heart like it's beating. And it'll, you know, once it's shooting clean water out of it, I'll know all the blood's it's out of it. It's good to go. Cut it in half. You want to take that outer layer off of it. It's almost got like a skin around it. So almost skin the heart again. And then all you have is meat. And then I just dice it straight from there. And uh, you know, put in some seasoning and oil and throw it on the frying pan. And I've, got I've heard it's good. Do it. One of the luckiest I've ever gotten was when we went on elk hunt with a guy here. And he wanted that elk heart. So we harvested the elk heart, put it in a cooler specifically for him, put it in our truck because we had to drive our truck down there to haul his uh, elk out. Next day we say, see you later, man, have a good one. He takes all the way off back to Northern Kentucky and we got his elk heart. I contacted him, I said, hey, how do you want me to get this to you? He said, you just have it, let me know how it is. So I had a- So like you a, had a, a feast of a elk giant heart? giant elk heart, lasted me several meals. And after that, that's when I started keeping the deer heart. So it's well worth it. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a how-to video this this fall. How to that heart. would get some YouTube views. We can how do to it. how to cook and how to prepare and cook a deer heart or elk heart. I'll shoot a deer and you do the. Why can't harvesting? I shoot a deer? Because I'd like to shoot the deer. <laughs> <laughs> we can both shoot deer. We might need two hearts. We'll mess up first. We can do up. that. All right. Anything else you guys want to go over? I'm good to go. I'm good. And I'm on a tight deadline because I got a lot of stuff to get done, so I need to go Mate. do some of that as well. All right. Monday, Monday. All right, so we will all go fish sometime soon, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, well, I appreciate you guys coming in. Go. Cool. See ya.